Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Talkville. That's right. And by the way, the, the music playing, that's uh, my band Sunspin. That's the instrumental version of the uh, of my band that comes out. The album comes out in September. Go to sunspin.com. Just throwing it out there. Anyway, welcome to Talkville. We the- weren't able to get Enrique Iglesias. Damn it. Damn it. You and your Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> Henry Churches. Uh, welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast, where each week we go back. We go way back. We watch every episode. I still, last episode I said it, I'm, I get anxiety thinking I have to watch every episode of this show now. We watch every episode of the show that changed our lives and maybe changed your lives. We discuss it with each other, with fans like you, uh, with our patrons. You can go to patreon.com slash talkville if you want to support the podcast in more ways than one. We really appreciate it. It helps the podcast so much. Uh, If you didn't get a chance to call in and leave your questions for this episode, make sure you get some in our future episodes. Our hotline is 213-538-2883. Social media, follow us. Please, Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Talkville Pod on the Twitter, and please subscribe. You can watch the episodes on YouTube, but it really means a lot. It helps the show a lot if you write a review. Uh, we look, we do look at comments. We don't always respond back, but we read comments, and you know sometimes we discuss them on the show. And um, welcome, Ryan Teas. Howdy. Welcome, Thomas Welling. Thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, wow. Let's just get into it. Without further ado, let's get into season one, episode eight, Jitters. Uh, uh, first of all, I just want to say that this is one of the many episodes at the beginning of the series that we shot very much out of order. And poor Tony Todd, I think, lived in Vancouver for three months when he was supposed to be there for like yeah, five days. Our lovable guest yeah. star, Tony Todd, who you know from Candyman, yeah. has been in a lot of movies. Um, he, yeah, he had to keep coming up because we were shooting out of order. Um, you know, um, and by the way, some that will, some people that are going to tell us some things, we've got special guests today coming on and, uh, those guests are the creators, Al Goff, Miles Miller. They will be here. They're going to be here for a short period of time and, uh, they're going to, um, we'll see what they remember about jitters and just about the show in general. It'd be just (laughs) nice to have them on. Wow. This was, this was a, I I don't want to jump ahead of myself, Ryan or Tom. But I'll tell you, this this episode moves. This episode, the next to the I'm not I, I really enjoyed this. Next to the pilot episode, this is the second best episode thus far. Would anybody disagree? Well, I'm I'm not me. Uh it's in your wheelhouse though. It's got the horror, it's got the scary, you know, it's creepy, it's you know emotional. Yeah, it's you know, fingers crawling up your back kind of feel yeah i agree the episode was called jitters it aired december 11th 2001 the director was michael watkins i remember michael watkins writers michael michael was brought in to fix a lot of the stuff that wasn't happening 
in the earlier episodes. And then he got this episode on his own. But he was like the he was the doctor who came in and fixed a lot of the other stuff. He did. He did. I remember that. Uh, the writers were Al Goff. It doesn't say Miles Miller. Was Al just the sole writer of, of Jitters? I don't know. Usually they, they're a team. It's like uh, Simon and Schuster here or whatever. Uh, <laughs> the guest star was Tony Todd. He played Earl. And uh, the synopsis. IMDb also says it uh, has Sherry Bennett and Jeff Gottsfeld credited as writers as writers as well mm-hmm. well thank you for filling that miles miles out. was miles was in thailand he took a break he took maybe he took a break <laughs> we'll find out where miles was former luther corp employee earl jenkins who also worked at the kent farm has an unknown disease that causes um violent seizures he arrives at the kent farm during a party clark throws while his parents are out of town and claims that the disease was developed following an explosion at his former workplace level three of Luther's. which is why he goes to high school parties <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh level three of luther's smallville plant which was experimenting with meteorock laced fertilizer trouble is there's no level three determined to prove his case earl breaks into the plant taking hostages lex arrives with the police and trades himself for the hostages and while clark stays behind to try to help lex and find out more about level three which lex claims to know nothing about but lionel apparently knows about the mysterious secret underground level when he arrives determined to keep the secret experiment under wraps at the expense of anyone even his own son action packed uh by the way uh remember we're going to get to your questions uh in the episode later 213-538-2883 that's a hotline make your messages short to the point but here we go a little brief play-by-play of what happens in case you forgot we just recently watched this so the cancer planning an anniversary trip out of town to metropolis leaving clark alone on the farm where he goes on to host a rager by the way which person told everybody about this rager do you think it was pete or chloe Aren't they supposed to be like outcasts or kind of nerds like you? Why would they just like announce it to the I, world here? I feel like Pete, he, like he'd be like, I'm not going to say it, but I'll, maybe he's I, just I trying know, to get popular. I don't know what you're doing on Saturday, but I'm going to party at Clark's Barn. <laughs> Clark's Barn. In Metropolis, former Luther Corp employee Will shows signs of uncontrollable seizures and seeks out Lionel Luther to answer those side effects developed after working in Smallville. I really thought that scene was a touching with his baby even in the beginning when he goes to touch his child you could tell that he's got these problems and he's you know you figured it out like oh he can't even hold this little baby because he's got these tremors these jitters and it was kind of like holy crap it was like you saw the the what is it the the child lays in what the hell is that called crib crib thank you (laughs) It's a crib, and it's just shaking violently. And I love the effect on that. It worked really well. And um, it gets you going for this episode. It gets you going. Yeah, so the first thing that jumped out at me when I heard that the, that we were doing jitters was Tony Todd. And then also that the crew was so so respectful of his performance and his physicality that he had to do. They really made sure that they were ready to capture the performance because they didn't want him to continue to go through this physical transformation over and over. I, I That was something as a, honestly, as a new actor, I saw the crew doing and I was like, oh, this is cool. They're supporting the performance in a way that... Um, that I, that that is awesome so yeah, yeah that is awesome uh we and we had we can't talk highly enough about the crew for smallville uh yes. i believe that they got me they're a big reason to get me through a lot of these uh years they were so professional and so sweet and so fun to be around we knew them by name we loved them we adored them a lot of and a lot of the same people year after year in a good way yeah 
Absolutely. And yeah. those guys have gone on and, and men and women have gone on to work on new shows like The Flash and Arrow and all these other shows. Yeah. Um, back to the play-by-play. Uh, back at the party, we learn that Smallville High students are taking a tour of Luther Corp plant. Whitney shows jealousy over Lana, and Earl hides out in the Kent barn seeking refuge at the place he used to work, because he used to work with Mr. Kent, with Jonathan Kent. Um, Earl jitters, Earl's jitters intensify, hurt Clark's hand because of the kryptonite, cause him to be hospitalized. In the hospital, Earl is sought out by police, wanted for murder. Um, he tries to explain his seizures are due to a Luther Corp Smallville plant explosion on level three months earlier, but there are no records of this explosion. Clark decides to investigate more about this mysterious and unknown level three during his field trip, which so happens to be led by Chloe's father. At the trip, Earl, who escaped the hospital and police, takes the group hostage and demands to see level three. Lionel shows up to the dam to do damage control. Whitney tries to take down Earl, asking for Clark's assistance, but Clark has to decline because of the meteor rock effects when he gets near Whitney, when he gets near, uh, uh, when Clark gets near Earl. Yeah, sorry. Whitney fails, and Lex decides to go in and offer himself to release the kids. Uh, the methane gas fills the power plant. Lionel makes his decision to close the fire doors, trapping his son inside, and Clark goes back in for the rescue. Clark finds the hidden elevator to level three. Lex is shocked, and knowing it existed, and Earl is furious because they've wiped the testing area clean. After a seizure episode, Earl and Lex are dangling from a bridge, and Clark is forced to fight through the pain of making direct contact with Earl to save the day. Lex is suspicious of his strengths. So, so many things going on in this episode. These, so one of my favorite things to watch are these conspiracy things where somebody's on to something. And, you know, there's a movie years ago that I watched, and it's about Wall Street, and these guys are like killing it. They're killing it. And this guy figures out that they're cheating. And he calls somebody and the next day they're going to go in at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. before anybody's going to be there. And they go to the floor of the building and the building is wiped out. And I'm a sucker for that. Like every time yeah. I'm a sucker. I'm like, I'm like, oh, how'd they get it out so fast? How'd they clear out? I mean, obviously in movie, they just shot it on another floor. I could get it. But <laughs> right, right. Story, but like practically, but like story-wise, I'm I'm a sucker for conspiracies that like there's a level three. I know it. You know, uh, another, the X Files of it all. Yeah, it's an X Files sort of thing. Yeah, another thing I like is um, Lex really was in the blind, was in in the dark. He he didn't he didn't know what was happening at first. You're thinking, oh, maybe Lex knows. Lex knows, but Lex at this point is still trying to do good. Lex doesn't know about Lex three level three level three. No. Um, look, we'll get we're gonna get to Alan Miles in a minute because they've got to jump on. But uh, I felt like this episode, like you said, had it all. And you were right. I liked the horror aspect of it. I love the effects of the handshaking and the violent tremors, the jitters, as they call them. Um, I love the actor Tony Todd. I always have from Candyman. Say it three times. He was extremely intimidating in, in the best sense. He's yeah. just he's a he's a large person. He has very large hands. His eyes tear would, up a lot. Did you notice that? He, I don't His recall that. His eyes always tear up in a lot of things he does. He gets but emotional. when I, I texted you that when we were like, we're doing jitters this week, I was like, Candyman. I remember him in Candyman. So when we did Smallville and he was there, I was terrified of him. Like, I wouldn't say, I never even asked him about Candyman. I wouldn't even say you, Tony You Todd didn't ask him about it? No, I was, just, I was scared. He was just. Like, what am I going to say? And by the way, you have to understand when guest stars come in, they only have limited time to be focused. Like, I'm not going to screw. I'm not going to mess with them, especially when they're like on it. You know, 
you don't want to mess up their zone. Um, but he was just a, I just remember just feeling like he was actually going through the experience. That's yeah, he was just incredibly intense. Um, you know what I like, again, is this father-son dynamic. We really get to see Lionel Luther as a guest star on the show, and he was an uh, integral part of the show to say the least. And having that dynamic, the father-son dynamic, and does he even care about his son? Does he even, you know, and them always one-upping each other. Uh, I like that that's, we see signs. That's the kind of the beginning. We had a fencing scene from a few episodes ago, and now we have, you know, moments at the, at the, um, at the plant. And, uh, and I, and I like that we bring Chloe's father in there to, you know, it's like, oh my God, this is Chloe's father. And everybody looked worried. Did you notice how um, everybody's, uh, I remember, Two things. One is Pete played it really scared, like Mr. Ken, Mr. Ken. <laughs> Do you remember that? He played it really emotional, and it, I guess it, for some reason it didn't work, so they just cut around it. They cut away from it because he's like Mr. Ken, Clark's, Clark's is inside, and, and he was pl really playing it emotional. He went to that level, but it, well, I guess it didn't work for the episode, so they cut around it. Do you remember that? Because he didn't really have a pre-beat. To get to that point, that's what I'm guessing. And I also remember being on wires with Tony Todd up on that. Uh, what do you call it? Oh, the 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 bridge, the bridge or whatever in in level three. Yeah. And I remember like he like once we were up there and it was uncomfortable. We had these wires hooked up to us and we're dangling for a long time. And he goes, "Come on, what are we doing now? What are we doing now?" Like he for a second, he was uncomfortable. He just kind of like said, Hey, let's go. And and we picked they picked it up. It was like, it was like, hey, we gotta, we gotta yeah. get going. Like he was like, he was so intense and he stayed in character. And I uh, I loved working with him. I became friends with him. I I I, don't, I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's gonna come on the, my other podcast. And oh, uh man. yeah, Tony's coming on and uh, I'll definitely uh talk about this. But what an intensity he brought. And you can tell he was just like he had this relationship with Jonathan Kent. And they were buddies, and you know he couldn't hurt a, a flea. He was really good to Clark. He was teaching him how to play guitar. All these little things that added up, and it just made you feel more for this guy, and that he was going through a hard time. And you knew Lionel Luther and Luther Corp were up to no yeah. good. Well, he's yeah, he was a gentle giant, and um, he's very intimidating as as a person. But I I can tell you that there's nothing comfortable about wire work. Not for the person in the harness, no. not for the camera operator, not for the cinematographer, not for anybody. It's a very uncomfortable scenario. And the idea is you don't put the actors up until everything else is ready. At least that's what they tell the actors. So then when you're up there and you're waiting and you're losing the blood that goes to your lower lower part of your body, you know, you're like, what's going on? Because you've done a lot of wire work. Yes. Yeah. I got, I got pretty... I got I got wise about it. It took a couple of years. I had some good help from my stunt guys that they would help out making sure things were ready and whatnot. This episode is sponsored by Better Help. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Talkville today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Talkville. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Al Goff, Miles Miller, welcome. The creators of Smallville, uh, we are in the middle of the episode called Jitters. There are so many things. Al, thank you for always throwing me little comments like, oh, these are the behind the scenes. We shot that out of order. Hell was breaking loose on Smallville in season one. Give me, give, give, giving you notes on, on your podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I want them. I want Al's Corner or Miles Corner, whatever it is, if you have any things that you remember. First of all, welcome. Thank you for being on this Thank on you. podcast. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us. Um, by the way, before we get into uh, into Jitters, I don't know when the last time, when's the last time you saw Jitters? We saw it about an hour ago. Oh, yeah. you did? You watched it? No, we watched yeah. it. Like, yeah, we totally watched it. Like, I, yeah. It, it is was, insane. It's insane. It's, well, it's it's huge. So many stories about that one. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. I I couldn't. I can't even put my head around. How old were you guys when Smallville started? We were thirty three. Thirty three years old. I thought you guys were old when we started. <laughs> we were so. No, you were, you you guys were so wise. Did, you, did were, now was there how much stress? Honestly, were you was there put on you? How much stress did you have? It, it was it was incredible in terms of it was a show that had to work for everybody. It had to work for the WB. It had to work for Warner Brothers. Um, it had to work for DC Comics. And, you know, it so that there was a lot of there was definitely a lot of pressure. And I and, you know, the first you know, the first two seasons, we wrote every episode, you know, that our, our names aren't on every episode, but we wrote every episode because you know, you're trying to certainly figure out the show and what's what works and what doesn't. So I think in season one, you know, we probably broke 44 stories to get 22 episodes, you know, because you're just trying to at you least know, really at least. Yeah, we, if not more, you know, we used to, we used to so, write all day and then go to the office at like 8 p.m. And the writers were there all day and stay there till midnight. It was, yeah. it was like wow. it, was, it was it was incredible, and then fly up to Vancouver and deal with the craziness up there. It was it was absolutely nuts. And, and you were married, even... you were married, and kids yeah. at the time, yeah. right? Yeah, my wife was pregnant. My first child was born the same day as Tom's birthday, first season. Wow! Yeah. so it was like yeah. it was crazy. April yeah. twenty six. Yep. Yeah. Were you going insane? Like, where? How did you deal with the nerves of being these young guys creating such a huge show for a network, and it had to be success? All the pressures in the world. Did you just not think? You just said we're just going to do the work and see what happens. It, we just. We, I mean, to be honest, we didn't have time to think. We were just doing the work. We we're just in the in the middle of it. So, and you know, the, certainly before it aired, <laughs> it was <yeah>. like <laughs> Tom too and Mike. It was you know, it was crazy. Yeah. You know, it was it was nuts. And it was, you know, I call it the long, hot summer second guessing before the show premiered. So, you know, you, you would get a lot of, you know, <laughs> notes and thoughts and ideas. And look, the show is 
it's a you know just just rewatching Jitters again. I'm like, holy shit, this episode is massive. Massive. You know, like Miles and I are always always delude ourselves into thinking that we write producible things, and then we're always shocked when they're not. But then, yeah, but, we but watching them. watching that one again, it it literally is completely unproducible. I think it was like. <laughs> 35 days of production. It's like all the things that happen in the episode, the fireworks, like the stuff with the, with the gangplank at the end. I mean, that's like, well, we were, ju- I, I remember I was, I was telling Rosie just before you guys got on that. I think Tony Todd set the record for days at the Sutton place. Like yeah. He came yes. up for five days and he stayed for like three months or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He made he, so much money. Yeah. He, he made more so money on that than he did on Candyman. He told us. <laughs> well, also, you you said this, Al. A lot of people were fired in the first season. Is that true? Yeah. Well, well it was, you know, look. <laughs> well, for she, Miles, was, we should get was, one of them on the podcast. Yeah. Well, well I, I remember flying up to Vancouver when this was in production, and I arrived the day they were shooting the scene in the control rooms. So everyone was like the, ho- the hostage situation. Yeah. And it was, it was incredibly hot in that set, and the director had left and had not come back, and he got on a plane and left. What? So yeah. they didn't know what to say to the, to the cast. Like, what should we say? What should we tell people? What's, who's going to direct the rest of the episode? Because he's just left. Why did he leave? He had a he, personal, personal matter. He, he, he literally had a breakdown and left. This was... Like, <laughs> we like, can't name who it was. was a, like, eight people directed that episode. Yeah. The name on the episode is the guy who left. And then, um, basically, yeah, Greg Beeman did the majority of it. You know, he... Um, you know, Greg was great because he came up and did Hothead, obviously. And we'd known him from our lab, from our show prior to Smallville. And he called us up and said, hey, you know, it seems like it's a little crazy up here. If, if you need a producer, director. I mean, we were literally going like, who could go up there and do this? And Greg called. And Greg's like, 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 I know how day. to do this. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, I'd love to do this. I love the show. I think it's great. I think the cast is fantastic. I think you've got a real hit here. I, I'm, we're like, you're hired. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did you guys ever feel like your jobs were at stake? Yes, always. I, I mean, all these people got fired. It was a great story. All these people got fired. And then the head of physical production at Warner Brothers, we were so over budget. He took us so to lunch at the smokehouse and he, and he sat down and said, guys, the pendulum eventually swings to you. You need to get your shit together and make the show on budget or you're next. So it's like, oh, it's like, what? It was, yeah, it was a great, it was a great lunch for us actually, and we we yeah. love that guy. He's since passed away, but he was like, it was a really good warning for us and a really like humbling moment. Oh, so it was like an on the side sort of heads up. It yes. wasn't yeah. like, a, oh, that's nice. No, that's, no, it was literally like, boys, let's go to lunch, and then it was, you know, and what's what's crazy about Jitters is that you know we shut down and and shot the rest of that episode. We shot down whatever episode we were shooting. We shut we shut down and spent a week finishing jitters so that it could make air when it aired. Wow. So and, and that's you know, because it was it was so expensive. It, it meant so to be episode like four or something, or three or something. Yeah, like that. It, it was. It was supposed to be like episode three or four, and I think it whatever it is now, episode eight, seven or eight. Episode eight. Eight. Yeah. Episode eight. So it was yeah, it was one of those things like we couldn't, we didn't have another episode to put. We we're like, we got to now finish Jitter. It's like, it's just, we don't yeah. know, it's been up there for years. It was that episode <laughs> and the second episode, the Spider, the Spider Boy episode. Those episodes, like, oh my God. Bug oh my Boy. God. Yeah. Bug Boy. Yeah. Oh my God. 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know you how know, you did it, it. I don't know how you got through those those years because I remember how stressful it is for us, but like we're just actors. We're just like, all right, you know, we'll figure it out. But you have all these things coming at you. You got to control the writer's room. You got to control what's going on set. You got to make sure they're delivering good episodes. The performances are good. It's just like endless. It's like you're you're watching dailies. You're watching, I mean you're having I, babies. Having babies. Yeah, it's true. It, no, yeah. And then just the 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 churn of of product of, you know production designers and costume designers and all that stuff was just like insane. And then yeah. just getting finding the show and making it look like we wanted it to look. I mean, look look at the costumes in the episode. They're so the purple shirt. This is like, what is that? I mean, wow. Right. Um, like, well, this was this was a great episode. That, and it's Whitney's black leather jacket. It's the total demon face. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so bad. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> but it is what it is, yeah. right? But the thing is, it's like I, I you know. What, what's funny about these early episodes watching them is you kind of can see how the show starts to find its feet. Um, you know, there's always the, which always drives me crazy, the freak of the week thing. I know, which and is I say like, it too. This, but, but, this is, but this is the thing you have to remember. Every show had a freak of the week. Supernatural had Demon of the Week. Buffy had Vampire right. of the Week. But because back in the old days, a avid viewer of a television show watched one in four episodes. So you're not doing what we're doing now, which is we do eight episodes of a series. They're chapters of a book. 22 episodes, you're doing short stories in the world. And then you have some episodes that are mythology that can tie the whole season together. So it's it's kind of fascinating now to to, to go back and watch. And, I, and what's crazy about this episode is it had a lot of, I, it, some of it I remember, it was like, oh yeah, we wanted, I, by the way, I totally forgot about the party at the beginning. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I did and too. Then I, oh, good. I totally forgot. So what's crazy is I remember it was the WB was always, what are the teenage things Clark can do with, what are the teenage things he gets involved with that aren't so he's goody two shoes? And yeah. what, what fun can he have with his superpowers? It's wish fulfillment elements. Yeah. So, so it's like, how do we get those in? And then my, my favorite though is like, Lex shows up with fireworks. Really? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's been an ongoing a, theme. Regarding what is Lex doing at this party? It's a high school yeah. party. Hey, you just want to throw some fireworks? I talked to the cops. Everything's okay. Everything's just lurking okay. around. I love that. I love that Lex somehow in the in the six hours that Clark was pulling off this party got fireworks and paid off the cops <laughs> and set them up in a field next to the yeah. Someone oh needed to be the adults at the party. Exactly. Yeah, somebody. Someone. Did. Um, oh my god. Anyway, that yeah, it was, is, it was amazing. But that was the, I mean, the, you know, but you see that when it was like, <laughs> my mom and I, we both watched at the same time. We called afterwards, like there's fireworks. There's the whole ending, which was massive. There was, you the know. in the rain. Oh yeah. yeah. That bit. The teaser in the rain. I was yeah. just talking about when uh, Lex and um, uh, Tony's character, Earl, are up on the bridge and um, we're on wires yeah. and he was like, it was uncomfortable. And he finally was like, come on. And he kind of yelled out. And he was, he was so intense and he was, and he was great in this episode. He's, he's oh, great. This, great. this he, episode has, so, it's so dynamic because you really see the, the, the Lex Lionel relationship yeah. blossoming and you see, you know, uh, you know, maybe Whitney and Lana are kind of maybe falling apart. Maybe there's hope for, for Clark and uh, the loving relationship between Martha and, uh, um, Jonathan, John. and you see all these like little little stories going on, but also the story of a man who's really wants to hold his baby and be normal again, and is dying, and no one's believing him, and it's you see what the Luthers are up to, and it just it kind of goes it's a little a lot of subtext, a lot of a lot of things going on. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's it was actually very it, I didn't know what's going on, so it was like very uh, intriguing to watch it again. It certainly is a cliffhanger in terms of like it's compelling. The story itself is compelling, and the actual character beats you mentioned are all really good. I thought Lana particularly was good in terms of her like dilemma. Yeah. I also think incorporating um, what he did, it's, a, it's an adult story woven in that we really haven't seen thus far. We've talked about the adults and they've right. been apart, but this is, a, this is an adult dilemma of wanting to hold your children and whatnot. Yeah. Did everybody audition for Smallville? Were there any exceptions where you just made offers for guest stars? Was Tony Todd a, an offer or did he audition? I mean, he was Candyman. Yeah, he was Candyman. I think he auditioned, actually. Did I think know. he might have auditioned, but we were like, holy shit, it's Candyman, and we cast him. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. I, re I remember him from The Rock. Do you guys see the... Remember The Rock? Yeah. The Michael Bay movie? Yep. Didn't he get yeah. killed by a rocket or he something? He did get killed by a rocket in The Rock. That's yes. what I remember him from. Yes. Well, he, nice. was a, he was mean. No, he's But he's so... You're just like, wow, he's a really compelling guest star, you know? And then yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of the guest stars, like, you know, and... uh you know, Margot Kidder and Co, who was like the big guest stars didn't audition. Most people auditioned though. I can't think of other guest stars who didn't. Like Michael McKean didn't, obviously. So I don't know. Were you forced? Were you forced to hire mostly Canadian actors for guest stars? No. In in, in season one, it was actually in the in season one, we had like, I think we could bring up three guest stars from uh California or something. So but by the way, remember uh, Glover was in that as well because Glover was a guest star in season in season I, one. So that was the one thing I wanted to bring up. Um, Glover was, became such a big part of the series, um, and I know he was hired as a guest star. Can you speak a little bit about how you found him? How you then understood that we need this guy more because he he's so integral. Yeah, no, it's it's he was. Um, Obviously, there's, you know, the Lionel Luther. We, we thought it was just going to be like a, a guest star in the pilot, you know, and I remember um, Nutter tried to get William Macy to play it. You know what I mean? Like wow. he, he reached out to William Macy to do it. And then then he didn't. And then so we we got Glover. And Maz and I were familiar with with John from some of his other TV work. I don't think I realized what a huge 
you know, Tony Award winning. We knew it was you know. Gremlins too, the new batch. <laughs> right. Yeah. From, um, yeah. Scrooged, Scrooged. 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 Yeah. So it's just, but then he he came in and he was so, he was just so good. And then we, and then again, it's the thing you, you sort of figure out. The show tells you what it is in a weird way. And obviously it was puberty with superpowers, but it was also a show about um, extreme parenting. So in order to have the the Kent story resonate, you really needed the Luther story. And, you know, John, to his credit, you know, he would fly in on Sunday or on yeah, on Sunday, usually he has a, he had a Sunday matinee if he was doing a show in New York. He'd fly Sunday, work Monday because theaters are dark in New York on Monday, and he'd fly back Monday night or Tuesday morning so he could get to the theater Tuesday night. Like, I mean, he and he, but he also don't... like it's the chemistry between Michael and John. I mean, that was that's yeah. what really made it. Those scenes were just like magic. Yeah. It gave Lex a real purpose, and just uh, that whole dynamic was just you two just had to, the the characters and the, the acting sparks that really like ignited the screen so, so it mean, wasn't it wasn't planned. i agree when we when we rewatch it right those are my when michael and and uh john are on that's it's so electric you can't you can't look away from it like yeah you're right he was no, a, they're he really was a joy. it was a joy. they're very good yeah um yeah. this episode is brought to you by paramount plus Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I mean, a lot of that's on John's part. <laughs> Most of it, but that's all right. But you didn't plan. Like you're saying, you didn't plan for John to be anything more than a, a pilot episode where it's my father. You weren't, And then you saw the dynamic. Is that what happened? And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. We got well, you also want to see, when you start breaking the stories, you want to make sure that that Lex is an integral part of the the show. What 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 is his yeah. what is his stories per every week? What are you going to do with that? And as Al said, it's like the, the contrast makes the Kent story more resonate more fully. Um, but I think the the Kent relationship is great too. I mean, like oh, yeah. John and Annette have incredible chemistry, and it's like he is that like all American guy. He's he's just the opposite of Lionel, so it's just the perfect yeah. Uh, yeah. combination and contrast. I I actually, you know, being on set with them with with John and Annette, John and and you know, obviously we're we're talking a lot about this. John had a very stoic way that he wanted to do things, and that had a very patient way of getting to where she wanted to be. If you know what I mean? Yeah. And I yeah. could see them in the scenes doing that. And you guys wrote scenes that allowed that. And as a, as their adopted son, Clark would almost see that. And it was very dynamic the way that they would play each other in the, in the best sense to get the best result. Yeah. Um, yeah. So kudos well, to you guys it, for. Well, it's also something, and again, this is interesting, you know, it, back in the day, you know, especially on that network, on the WB, parents were either clueless and not around, like in Buffy, or they were, as as John Schneider aptly put it, the parents were the adults and the adults acted like children, like on Dawson's Creek, right. which is, he's not wrong. You know what I mean? And so we wanted to do a show where, 
you know, Clark liked his parents. You know what I mean? Like, they, like most kids want to like their parents and have a great relationship with them. They're not looking to be antagonistic. Well, so yeah, that was some a functional relationship rather than just opposite of the, 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 the Luthers. It's a functional parent-child relationship. It doesn't mean yeah. they don't have conflict, but it actually the whole point is they love each other. And I think that's yeah. aspirational as well for the, for the audience is that people dream of that. They want that relationship, that connection with parents. So that was part of it. Um, I think that's part of the allure of Superman. That well, I think it. I think it comes through obviously because we go to these conventions and stuff, and people come up and they're like, "I watch this with my dad. I watch this with my grandfather." It's multi generational watching, and you know, I, you guys did it. And, but, but it was also like a big fight. I mean, people didn't. People literally said you shouldn't do it. They said no. It's. It, it, it's like we had this is in this outset, this early days before we we had we had all this like backroom politics with the the network and people saying you know the, the parents should be like much more antagonistic and you should hate the parents and it should be it's just like much more of the cliche teen uh, drama kind of thing and we really fought against that. How many cooks yeah. were in the kitchen at one for every episode? How many times did it have to pass hands or uh, eyeballs before it got greenlit? Like this is a good episode. We're done. How and how disappointed were you at times? And how hard did you have to fight for things? There has to be a balance of like let it go, Miles. We just got to let this go. Um, what was that process? Well, like? we, we we never. I mean, for us, it's always about the best script has to win always. So we are total fighters, roll up our sleeves. We never, never say like, we keep the, the, the script and, the, and the, sh the show evolves in post as well. We had a lot of reshoots and that whole process was controversial for directors because we had a, a guy who was our sort of post head, Ken Horton, who used to change the episodes in the order of scenes and let's drive everyone crazy. And on the, in terms of scripts, there was a guy at the, at the network who has since died, John Litvak, who was yeah. like, you had to get through John, basically. And so it was lots of us sitting with John at cafes talking about what he wanted and how we could make the scripts better. And for us, it was always about making the scripts better. And he, John had yeah. a really, really good, he's very, very difficult personality, but he had a really good sense of the sh of this show um, and was a huge advocate for the show and for us. It's funny yeah. you say that, Miles, because Michael and I have talked about this already in the, in the couple of podcasts. Is we felt like our job was to make the scripts better as well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But that's right. Yeah, no. that's, yeah. that's no. what we wanted to do. You know that's I mean? the whole like, point. No, but exactly. Yeah. No, it's some writers are like really, really precious about everything, and we're not those guys. We want it to be the best. And part of it, the acting process is obviously these are words on a page. They don't necessarily like relate to how you're going to speak them. So it's it's making yeah. feel it's natural and as real as possible. It's part of the process. So I would, yeah, yeah. I, I think I would, that's exactly what we wanted. And I, I would call it on screen. I would call you guys early on and just be yeah. like, hey, is this making Lex too evil? And you're like, we know you're going to do something opposite. We know you're going to play it and it's not going to come off that way. You'll make it more likable. You'll make it. There were certain things that you gave trust to certain, you know, and that that helped a lot. It was it was it was good to know that we were all on the same page and you guys were always looking out. And it probably was a pain in the ass having actors call you and say, oh, what about this? And did you have that with a lot of actors on the show? Look, like, better, better that they call than they just do what they want and don't call. And then you see it in dailies. So, <laughs> what the hell is this? Hate that more. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, we, 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 we like that. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it a a pain in the ass? Yeah. But guess what? If the show's going to be better, the scene's going to be better, the actor's going to yeah. be happy and they feel like they can deliver the lines in a way that they can, they believe and, and more truthful, then yeah, we're totally, yeah. that's the aim of, the, of this whole process is that everyone contributes and it get, makes it better. You never said Yeah. Because it. it's a, look, it's a, it's a team sport. Television is a team sport. You can, nobody can do it alone. Right. So, 
Well, well, look, we want you Um, to come back. We hope you'll come back on the, on the podcast and like every once in a while, just like, Hey, if you watch an old episode, we'll say, Hey, you guys want to come on again. It's so much fun. You have so much insight, so many things we don't know or didn't know that were going on. And it just, I think the fans are really going to love having you guys here. Will you come back? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Happy I feel like it. we can talk to you guys. Oh, forever. It'd be a two-hour episode. <laughs> but I yeah. love this. I, I, I want to hear, lastly, for, well, first of all, did, did you think that the show would ever be this big? Were you surprised? And why is it so successful in your in your thoughts? I, I think in our, <laughs> in our darkest days in the early, when we were, you know, the we knew the, we knew we had, the, we knew the pilot was really good. Like that we knew. And we thought, look, in the worst case scenario, all Superman shows seem to last four seasons. Lois and Clark lasted four seasons. The George Reeves show lasted four yeah. seasons. So we're like, even if we completely tank it, it would probably will get four seasons. But yeah, but we, I'll we say to that, Al, that we didn't think we were going to supply four seasons. No, that's what we didn't think would happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, be, we, we were always, and we still do live in fear of being kicked off all our stuff. It's all <laughs> we're so paranoid. <laughs> I think one, I'll tell you one, one more funny story. And this was, so speaking of just over budget and things. So the show premieres, it's a, it's a huge hit out of the gate, like to the point where we didn't understand the numbers and somebody from the WB had to explain it. So they, everybody kind of backed off and we were able to frankly finish jitters and do these things because in the words of Peter Roth, nothing's cheaper than a hit. So we, we go in and this is about the time we're doing, and it was episode 13. It was Leech, which was another <laughs> massive episode. I just, cars and roofs and crazy and we're with peter and it was kind of like it was a we have to get the boys we got to rein it in right so peter sits there with the cfo and he goes i am not giving you a blank check this is not a blank check but spend what you need to spend to make the show great that is not a blank check (laughs) and the cfo's face was just like because oh, this was Peter. God. This was Peter's baby, right? Oh, this yeah. was Peter's baby. Because well, you, you have Peter to remember Ross, too, yeah. just for Warner's, this was like the first. I think it was Peter's maybe his second season, but he he was brought in to do two things, which is build bridges to the WB, who had a terrible relationship with the. They didn't have any shows. W Warner's didn't have any shows on the WB. Gilmore was given to them. It was developed by the WB and thrown to them. And the other thing, the other knock on Warner Brothers, you know, in the in the kind of mid to late nineties was, is all their shows look really cheap and there are a lot of complaints. And so Peter was brought in to kind of mend fences and up the quality control, you know, both of which obviously he did tremendously. So, um, but yeah, so that's, but it was, look, it was a big gamble that thankfully paid off for all of us. So it really has. I mean, it's been 20, 20 years since 20, the almost 21 years, 21 yeah. years. And it's the small gift those, that keeps on giving. Legal. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost legal. Uh, lastly, and we'll let you go and you're going to come back whether you like it or not. Cause we love you. Yeah. And we really, I, I, and I thank you, Tom and I both thank you for, I mean, the careers we have are, are because of you guys. You really oh, gave us, you. gave us the opportunity. And you know, it, it, there, yeah. you know, there were ups and downs at the beginning, but I, what I do know from a core perspective is that you guys, like when I look back on some of the things, it's not that you guys were right, but you guys were like, you had the right, like you guys were making it good. They cared. And I've you taken really that cared. on from you guys. So thank you. 
people. Yeah. No, you're welcome. Thank yeah. you. Well, this we, did. Is, this we, we did care. You know, that was that's always it. We always cared. Always want to make the, the, a great show that everyone could be proud of. And that was always our goal. And I loved always hearing stories because Miles, out of the two of you, between you and Owls, you were the one that kind of, you know, you spoke your mind when you were really upset about something. Miles got, had a little bit of the temper. Am I right? Miles was known to be a little particular. Who at lost times. their shit? Al would just I be just, like, all, all I yeah. want to, all I want to say is that <laughs> fucking Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher had a better life expectancy than production designers the first season of Smallville. Okay, so that <laughs> <laughs> was a little particular. You know, but it, it matters. All the details. It matters. Matter. It does. Everything matters, and. Um, it does. You know, when we're on set and and it's two o'clock in the morning and it's this and that, you know, we don't understand. But like the show exists because of that. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. We love you. Thank you for uh, being on the podcast. And I'm going to be calling you again to come on soon. So thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. And uh, we love Thanks, you. Guys. See you, Miles. See you, Al. See you. Good to see Bye. you guys. Bye, Ryan. Bye. That was really exciting was to me. Great. Did you enjoy that, Ryan? Yeah, you guys could have gone. I mean, that was, it was, yeah, they had all the answers that, yeah, that was, they had That's all the answers. That's why I want to bring them like, back for another oof. episode, like a big episode. We'll bring them back. I think you're right. <laughs> you could do like a special and just one talk that miles about. directed or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, so back that to the fun. episode of jitters. Thank you, Alan miles for coming on the podcast. Ooh. Uh, it was amazing. I told you it was only gonna be 20 minutes. It turned out to be about 25 minutes. But I, I think that people are going to really love it. So I, I think the the boys we for, could have gone on for, for hours. On. They, they and they really did give us a career. I mean, if they, I don't know if I didn't do Lex Luthor, I don't know what would have happened. Who who knows what would have happened? Uh, so we talked about jitters, the play by plays. The uh, I know we, we don't have to get into it like we you know sometimes do. But uh, interesting things to note: this is the first episode in the series to have a scene set in Metropolis. Uh, the fourth episode to be filmed, Jitters was supposed to air third. However, because of constant changing and retooling to the script, it kept getting put back to, in the schedule. This explains why the episode had three directors. Uh, I think Al just said it had five. Michael W. Watkins, Greg Beeman, and Philip Garcia. Uh, cool quote from Chloe to Clark. Just because you spend a lot of time with someone doesn't mean you know their darkest secrets. Yeah, I marked that one, too. You did? You marked that one? Uh, boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to make a note of that for favorite scenes. Well, no, not a favorite scene. Just sort of a oh. annoying. It, it is a it, that's a note for future us. Yeah, I think uh, if, I think if, that relates to everybody on the show. You know, do you know, I think the best thing about this episode is the chaos that surrounded all of it. Gave us Greg Beeman. And people who have listened to all these podcasts, you'll hear me say his name a lot. Greg Beeman was hired as a director, came in, saw the chaos, and was like, I know how to do this. And like Al said, he made a phone call. By the way, what a hard phone call to make. It's a very courageous phone call. Hey, I see it. I like it. I can make it better. Obviously, Al Miles needed his help. But he went on to be our to be our Superman. He, there was something about him, Ryan, this guy, Greg, we talk about this Greg Beeman fella, that just, he... He was neurotic and he was crazy in, in all the great ways, but there was something so comforting about him. And he really, you can confide in him. He he was someone you could talk to about um, the show and anything. he just were, made, he made you calm. He made, put things at ease and you need somebody like that to run a show. I had an issue on, I, I don't remember what episode it was. It might've been one of these where we're out chain, but I had an issue about, about some, some sort of publicity thing that I didn't want to do. And I thought it was an easy no. And then Greg, who was directing, he goes, hey, uh, 
it was like near lunchtime. And he goes, can I talk to you for a second? And we walked outside and we were just walking. He kept walking. So I kept walking. And we kept walking. We were talking about life. And he talked about his career and his early success and how he made some mistakes. And he had to sort of reinvent himself and whatnot. And then we got to the point and he was very upfront about this choice I had just made and why obviously he'd been told to change my mind. But he was very honest about why he personally thought I should change my mind based on his experience. And it like... Talk about like when your world goes, like my little mind of like, you can only see what's in this room versus what's actually happening. Right. And he helped me with that. And dude, he did throughout the end. I mean, I can't speak highly enough about the guy. Yeah, I do too. You know, there's, there's a lot of highlights in this episode. This is, like I said, this is one of my favorites. Uh, This is the pilot then jitters. Uh, I'd like to know what you guys think. We have some calls we're going to have to really? do here, but um, the highlights in the episode, I think we've, we've talked about, uh, Ryan, is there anything we're missing here? I mean, another great guest. Uh, I didn't certainly didn't feel like freak of the week. It was very, like, it was like tied to the whole, uh, it felt real. It felt real. Yeah. It was yeah. good. There was something about the way, I don't know. It felt the whole thing felt. I, I think that there's a very small thing. I'm sorry to interrupt you. There's very, the fact that they tied in that he used to work with Jonathan Kent, yeah, really helped. If yeah. if you cut that out, now he's a freak of the week. You yep. know what I'm saying? It humanized him. Yeah, and it also made you feel like, hey, hey, the Clark, the Kents knew them. The Kents were friends with them. He's a good person. And you're thinking about the history before the meteor struck, and that there was a Smallville before then. That uh, I think that changes everything. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, do you guys think like, like was it? Was it directed? What was it? Was it directed differently? Was it like written different? Because like the feel, it felt was larger. Different. The it scope. Felt lar- it it's felt the larger. Scope. It felt big. Um, That's why it cost I, more. And it-, it felt more intense. Like it felt like a '90s action movie somehow. I think. I think. I honestly, I think what you had was chaos and an abundance of film from three different, four different directors that an editor or editors had to go through. They had more material as a result of the chaos of shooting which allowed it to be ramped up and moved around and everything. I think uh, that's my guess. Yeah. There was chaos surrounded by chaos. They had too much and they had to fight through it versus having too little and make something out of it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, That's why it's a little piecemeal, but fast because they're probably trying to protect themselves. Like, you know, piecing it. Uh, The hotline is 213-538-2883. We love uh, the questions that come in, make them brief. Um, and uh, you have a chance to get on. Right now we have a question. Here's the hotline. We're opening it up. And this is uh, this is Ray. Ray, what do you got? Hello, this is Ray Harada in Japan. And I have a question <laughs> for Alan Miles. What sort Not of traits were you considering when developing Lex? Well, I love Lex. He comes off as slightly creepy sometimes. Like in the beginning of Jitters, I thought there was no good way for Lex to know about Clark's party without being creepy or stalkery, like spying on high schoolers. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay. First of all, we didn't have that question for Alan Miles. Um, we, we talk about that. We talked about, in fact, with Alan Miles, we were talking about how it was like, what is he showing up to a high school party? You know, he does these things. Um, I don't want to make it sound like Lex is some old creepy guy, but, uh, yeah, showing up to a high school party and, you know, the, the torch, and, I, you know, he's just, I just a weird feel guy. Like Lex is a really important guy and he's really busy. If he's not showing up to a high school party, what is he doing? And then we never get to see Lex sort of on his own unless it's in a business circumstance. Like, did he cancel on um, Mark Zuckerberg to come to the Kent party? Probably you not. You know, like, what? Did, I wonder. <laughs> I don't think I he wonder. did. 
Okay, it's Tim. We're going to go to Tim off the hotline. There's Smallville. How do you get these on your phone? This is great. I know. Here we go. Hey, Tom. Hey, Michael. This is Tim from Utah. One of the early season one episodes that didn't feel like a freak of the week. And uh, my question for you guys, how did you guys do that stunt where Michael is is pulling Earl and then Tom is, is pulling Michael? How did you guys do that? Like, was there stunt people involved or what? Um, keep up the great work. Look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Uh, you know, good question. Um, I remember being on Wires. I remember there were stunt guys uh, for both of us. And you, I'm sure you had your stunt guy involved. And, uh, you know, uh, it just, you know, trick photography, man. Just the way it's, it's movie magic. It's, uh, you know, uh, Tom, how would you explain that? The funny thing about wire work is what you're doing in the moment is not what the camera needs to see. So there's a lot of, and that's where your stunt guys who have more um, experience can help you understand how to move and how to make things work for the camera. Because, I mean, it's a, it's a very famous quote that Alfred Hitchcock said to an actor, you can do whatever you want, but if the camera doesn't see it, it didn't happen. And that's a big part of wire work. And there's a, you have a limited time. You can only be in a, up in a wire for less than 30 seconds, maybe a minute because of the, you know, you can't just stay just up there day yeah. and, and mess around, you know? Right. Um, so I don't actually remember doing it. Like I see it in the episode, but I don't recall doing it. But I recall from my wire work experience that it, it probably wasn't that easy. And we had a lot of help. I also apologize to guys out there, ladies, gentlemen, uh, you had questions. Some people had questions for Alan Miles, but I was so excited. I didn't even look at the questions and I just talked to them. We talked to them for 25 minutes. So there were some questions that were just geared towards um, Alan Miles and their experience, but they'll be back on the show and uh, hopefully we'll get to those questions then. Uh, the Rosenbaum rating, three roses is the best. Two roses, one rose. The heater is right down the middle. Then we got one, two or three bombs. Rosenbaum rating. Um, we'll start out with Ryan. I feel like I got to give it a two. Two roses for Ryan. I Why were so. you hesitant though? Like I saw you get I, uh, red. I knew you were gonna say. It. I, I, I mean, not a confident two. It's like a hesitant. I, I was. Uh, I mean, it was my. It's my first time. It's my first time with a two. <laughs> yeah, it's you got to be hesitant. You're like, <laughs> hey, if I'm gonna throw a two around, it's got to be worth a two. Yeah. Uh, but no, I really felt different watching this one. I, I, I mean, I, I mean. It, it's probably a, it's got a lot to do with everything, probably just like the story, the the acting and the setting and just like, you know, the, the ties to like past Smallville. And it just felt like a different kind of show. It felt Somehow. bigger. It felt, it felt bigger. bigger um, but Smarter. it still felt like the same show. Yeah. Tom? <laughs> it took five months to shoot it. Yeah. And I think it was bigger. And it shows. I, I give it a minus one. Oh. <laughs> You're a liar. You knew I was. I was just trying to get Rosenbaum's reaction. <laughs> I, I I give it a two point five. I think it's one of our greatest. Two point five. That is an incredible score. It's great. It's great. It's two great. and a half roses from Welling. Two roses from Ryan Tams. <laughs> I'm gonna go. What's the deal? Ah, this is a tough one. Don't I'm, worry about what we said. Uh, it's uh, it's. Uh, I'm gonna give it. 1.75 roses. <laughs> Can you do that? Do whatever the fuck I want. You know what? I mean, it's like the pilot's a three. This is almost a two. This is pretty damn solid. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go two. I'm going to go two. I'm, I'm going to stick with Ryan on this one. Our, yeah. I'm going to stick with Ryan. Uh, excellent episode. Very, very exciting. This yeah. is time now for the death and save count. Guess how many people died? Oh, 
Oh, wait for it. One. One is the There's correct one. answer. One person died. Uh, the worker that was killed inadvertently by Earl. He didn't mean uh -huh. to kill him, but. Um, what if that was Chloe's dad? That would have been that, tragic. That would have been tragic. It was still tragic. It was some stoner. Uh, how many people were saved in the episode? You're going to count all the The answer is two. Earl, saves, Earl and Lex were saved by Clark. We're not counting the, uh, the class of hostages. I guess they were all saved, but <laughs> no, they were just. Yeah, I guess you can't. Um, okay, it's now time for Ryan's favorite scene. <laughs> He's going to write down three scenes. He's got them written down. We're going to guess which one was his favorite. And here we go. <clears throat> All right, we got Earl stumbling uh, into Lex Corp and killing the janitor. Uh, we have Lex saying that he's going in. Or we have the final scene, the showdown on the bridge. It's number three. I, I know what I'm going to say. All right, go. Showdown on the bridge. I was waiting to see if I get a reaction. I, I think you liked the. I think you liked the Earl scene, your first one. That's my pick. Uh, I did like the the showdown on the bridge. The best. Yeah, nailed it. But the Earl scene, <laughs> well, it's all, it, it set a tone. Like it was. Um, you don't. You don't. There aren't a lot of episodes that start with deaths. There's just a lot of. Uh, so far, it's just been. Uh, Here's an eccentric character, and here's how their powers manifest. This one was like some serious shit. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, guys, we love this episode. Uh, we thank Alan Miles, the creators of Smallville, for joining us. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I love episodes like this. It gets all the characters going, uh, the scope of it. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I think Smallville was a, a real success. It's episodes like this that you remember. And like Al said, it's hard to make 22 quality episodes a year. So you are going to have Freak of the Ge Freak Freaks of the Weeks. <laughs> you you are going to have Supernatural had them. Every show has that. The X Files has them. This is how you survive. I mean, it's not like HBO Max where they go, oh, we're only doing eight episodes a year, and they can make every episode just perfect and high and high fluting or whatever. Fluting. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's it, guys. Hey, thanks. Thank you to all the patrons. Uh, we really love you. Go to patreon.com slash talkville to become a patron today and support the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe and um, tell everybody you know to, to listen or watch the podcast on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, got another great episode next week. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. Ryan, did you enjoy it today? I did. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a good time. It was a good time. Tom? This this was a fun one. This is the three rosies for me. Having Al Miles on, this was this was great. Yeah, this is uh, this was fun. This I think maybe we should think about you know trying to have a more guest stars. I agree. Or, you know, I agree. why not? It's fun. So far, we've had at this point we've had uh, two. two. Well, Al Miles. That's I guess two right there. Yeah, and then Kristen. Kristen, if they keep that in there, which I think it's it a, listen. Obviously, it's a scheduling thing too, guys. It's not easy to get people on and time it out. But uh, I, the more people we have on, the better as far as I'm concerned. So, Yep, I agree. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we hope you uh, join us next week. Make sure you get ahead and watch the next episode. And watch it, and let's all talk about it. And uh, we'll be here. All our love. Small but forever. All right, these are the, um, the um, patrons? patrons. These are the patrons. 
think we forgot you? We never forget you. Our patrons are so important to us, and thank you for supporting the podcast. Go to patreon.com slash talkvillain. Here's Tom Welling. We're going to read out the uh, the top tiers. These are the shout-outs for the, f- the folks who are really helping the show, and we, we appreciate you. We certainly do. Uh, Nikki, right. Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C, Santiago M, Suzanne B. Leah S, Little Lisa, Callie D, Tom T, Mark A, Sophie M. Betsy D, Liliana A, Abby P, Chris F, Kimberly E, Jeremy V. Michael H, Ray H, Karen M, Design OTG, Danielle B. 99 more, Lalani N. I think we got it right. Catherine P, Brett G, Super Sam, always hold on to Smallville. Maybe that should be our ending line. Always hold on to Smallville. That should be our ending line for each episode. Thank you, always hold on to Smallville, for giving us the idea. Continue, Tom. Cheryl T, Jeff E, Esteban G, DJ Kento, Garrett W. Just JTR. Tyler H, Kimberly L, Danny G. Teresa, Justin S, Eric W, Tom N, Tony V, Rodolfo V. Jason W, Osama, Osama A, Nancy D, hi Nancy, Megan H, or Megan H, uh, Artoon K, Justin T, and Lucio. Tristan C, Grape Jelly 817, thank you for joining. Uh, Jerry, sorry, Jeremy G, Anna M, Amanda R. Brandy S, Teddy one two seven, Michael P, Benjamin P, Ryan R, and Grumpy Hydus. <laughs> I know. I almost, almost got it. you again. Daniel P, <laughs> sorry, Daniel B, Jordan M, Hillary B, TH three, Blur, Craig G, Christy R, Pollyanna, Karen P, Derek G, Richard S, Heather G. Nico P. <laughs> Tom wanted to just keep saying them. So, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. We love you guys. Thank you for uh, always being there. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We're still getting it off the ground. Spread the word. You know the handles. Write a review. Keep listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.